Hi, my name is Christopher Rouse, and I would like to welcome you to this podcast. We are in the liturgical season of Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And in this season of Easter, we are exploring, discovering, and celebrating the resurrecting work of the Spirit. Easter is so much more than a one-day event, as we've unfortunately reduced it down in much of Western Christianity. It's certainly not an overstatement that every day should be some reflection on the event of resurrection, in the practices of our daily lives, in our liturgies of coming and going each day, we should be focused on the central truth and event and experience of resurrection. Now, we encounter in Scripture an entire community of people who are being shaped by what happens when Jesus miraculously comes walking out of a sealed-up tomb that's under surveillance. It's more than just a pretty story for live theater. It is, in fact, the drama of all history. And speaking of community drama, I guess you could say that my wife, who I adore and love, she is beautiful, um, she is also a low-key member of hashtag Bachelor Nation. You know, that super normal show, The Bachelor, where one man dates, quote-unquote, an obscene number of women at one time before, and I use air quotes again, proposing. Um, I, of course, have found myself, you know, in trying to... Um, snuggle up with my wife on the couch at night and watch TV with her, etc. Obviously, I'm trying to, you know, totally um, free myself of any guilt here, but I've found myself, you know, at times a little caught up in the drama of all the the Bachelor um, from time to time. Very little. Um, and, and I, of course, <laughs> offer my uh, wife, as we're sitting there watching, I offer her my analysis of the very obvious social and emotional issues along the way, um, which I, of course, am not um, licensed nor trained to be um, giving any advice of that sort. But I have often told my wife that The Bachelor is the emotional hunger games of our time. And that's a totally um, other story all in itself. But one of the most anticipated episodes of any Bachelor season is always the women tell all episode that comes at the very end. And I'm pretty sure it is production's goal for these episodes to be the most awkward, pain-inducing spectacles possible. Now, it often, or it seems to me, excuse me, that um, the, the drama of a show like The Bachelor, it hinges on portraying unhinged people. And in the case of this particular show, women are portrayed 
I think, in very unrealistic and demeaning ways. Entertainment is provided at the expense of the integrity of women. And again, that's my personal take on it. But this show, The Bachelor, it's, it's doing nothing new, right? Women have been portrayed as unhinged throughout human history. There are social institutions and mechanisms that work from a cultural liturgy of demeaning women. And in our time today, we will see just how ingrained these cultural liturgies are and how they are challenged by the resurrection. So, in my best um, Chris Harrison voice, stay tuned for the most shocking episode yet. This is Pneumaturgical. Will you join me today in this opening Easter uh, season prayer? Lord of life, submitting to death, you conquered the grave. By being lifted on a cross, you draw all peoples to you. By being raised from the dead, you restored to humanity all that we had lost through sin. Throughout these 50 days of Easter, we proclaim the marvelous mystery of death and resurrection. For all praise is yours, now and throughout eternity. Amen. For today, our scripture reading uh, comes from Luke chapter 24, and we're going to start right at the top of that chapter. On the first day of the week, Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. Because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of God, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, given through the inspiration of God's Spirit to build up the people of God. Amen. 
All right, folks. So here we are, as I was mentioning at the top of this episode, in the Easter season. And I think it's important enough to say again that Easter is far more than a single day celebration. And in the immediate wake of the resurrection, as we find it happening in the testimony of Scripture and the eyewitnesses, things get a bit chaotic, you could say. Obviously, the <laughs> events of the resurrection, they, they surprise people, you know, as they are still surprising people today. You have this most miraculous moment the actual moment that Jesus's uh, resurrected body walks out of the tomb, and it occurs um, in the in the language, perhaps of the the bachelor. It occurs mainly off camera, as it were. Right, though we have some interviews given after the fact. Now, again, additionally, in the language of Bachelor Nation. These women who are at the tomb, the women that we were reading about just a moment ago in Luke chapter 24, they, they get a one-on-one meeting with Jesus. I know, I know, this is probably so cheesy, right? They are the first people, though, to inaugurate the community of resurrected people. And I just don't think we can lightly skip over that. And I don't know that we always notice, really, the communal aspect of the resurrection. We spend uh, more time focused on the individual aspects of the resurrection. And this is really what I remember growing up hearing and hearing preached. And in worship services at Easter, The discussion was about how each of us individually will receive a new and resurrected body, and so that gives us this great source of hope. And I don't want to to diminish that that message um, necessarily because Scripture does talk about the resurrection of our individual bodies, and the Apostle Paul makes that a particular point um, of, of faithfulness in Christ. But we don't think as often about the resurrected community that is formed. And I'll be honest, it's, it's just not something that I remember hearing a lot about. The resurrection of Christ is about, and it's how the Apostle Paul also describes it, It's about the dividing walls and barriers between us being eradicated, torn down in the new and resurrected body of Christ. And out of the grave comes the life of God, ready to fill people to participate in a new way of life together. And these past months, I've I've had to do some research for... Uh, just different projects I've been working on. And as part of this research, I've had to go way back in, in Western culture and history, back to basic philosophers 
that have been instrumental in shaping our society, like uh, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, etc. And at a very fundamental level, in these ancient writings that have shaped and still continue to shape our society some, you know, 2,000 years later, women were not a, a particularly valued, if at all valued, part of communities. Now, they had, quote-unquote, parts to play. They had roles to fill, but to be first or primary or privileged in any way, um, and definitely to to be able to um, possess or act or speak with authority, that was just not even considered. It was not the norm. It was not allowed. And these women who received the resurrection news first, it seems to me that they are issued the very first invitations to bear the new identity in Christ in the world. They are people who had been faithful to Christ. They were faithful to serve him in life and in death. So what is ridiculous then, I guess if you're looking at the even just a face value of the scripture here, what is ridiculous is that they are not believed. As a matter of fact, the scripture really spells out there in Luke chapter 24 that the disciples put no faith in what these women are saying they put no faith in their words or in the women themselves to be the source of such news. The disciples, these men, they take these women to be full of idle talk. Um, you know, English translations pull out the word nonsense. It's tall tales. It's just pipe dreams. These women are really embellishing some stories here. And even Peter, who does get up and he runs to the tomb, um, he he looks down in and he goes away wondering to himself what has happened. So it's not, he still doesn't believe that the fact that the tomb is empty means that Jesus has been resurrected or alive. Now again, obviously this, this just probably, it came really as a surprise and shock to them, but he doesn't remember Jesus's words like these women do. So it's just amazing the way that these events unfold. And, excuse me, I think what we may have here is the liturgy of culture meeting the liturgy of the cross. In the new community that is formed in the resurrected Christ, we must crucify our concepts of how life is done on our terms. When the women tell all, when they come with their testimony, they represent the new community that is formed. Where the last are first. These men who have been trusted disciples of Jesus struggle to let go of the harmful practices, the liturgy of their culture, which prevents them from hearing the actual truth. And I was thinking about it some the other day. 
it's interesting how the disciple Thomas actually becomes a mirror of the way these women are treated. And I don't know that I've really ever heard anybody kind of try to draw that out. In John's gospel, Mary Magdalene says to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Now, from the Gospels together, we, we learn, and even here in Luke, we learn of the skepticism these women faced. And then later, when the disciples, who have now seen Jesus for themselves, so they got some evidence, they tell Thomas, who was absent, they say Jesus is, you know, alive. They tell him, we have seen the Lord. Just like Mary Magdalene said to them, I have seen the Lord. Thomas doubts. Thomas treats these disciples the way the disciples treated these women. And so Jesus ultimately says to Thomas, and perhaps his message to Thomas is really what the disciples should have heard to start with, stop doubting. Stop questioning the integrity of people you know to be committed to me. What a blessing that you can believe because you see me, but what a blessing for those who will believe the testimony of others, who will trust the integrity of the resurrected community on their word. So I believe that there is a great work of the Spirit that we must not overlook here in these these scriptures, these ancient words for today. The resurrected community cannot be a community where we constantly ignore the testimony of some because they are out of place or because culture tells us they cannot be trusted, whether that be matters of gender, matters of ethnicity, matters of economics or social class. There are liturgies, there are practices ways of thinking and behaving that keep us from hearing the truth that the Spirit is trying to say through others. Y'all, the resurrection of Jesus is as much about trying to make a whole community as it is about trying to make whole individual bodies. So when the women tell all today, will we listen? When our black and brown Neighbors tell all today, will we listen? When the homeless and economically disadvantaged tell all today, will we listen? Let's stop doubting. Let's believe. Let's experience the blessing of being a resurrected people together. Will you pray with me today? Eternal God, Father, Son, Spirit, you have made with us a covenant to be your people. Not isolated individuals that exist only as the practices of our environments dictate, but redeemed people who are threads of a garment that clothes us all as the bride of Christ, people who together testify to the resurrection. Help us to hear and trust, Lord. Help us to listen and believe that the words of those who are last 
are the words of those who are first. Holy Spirit, work in us to have faith in one another, that all together we may be strengthened in faith as the people of the resurrection, whole and transformed in this world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Hey folks, I am so glad you joined me today um, for the most dramatic episode ever. And I I really do pray that um, that this podcast, that the the journey through liturgical time together is is a blessing to you, truly. I would just be honored and thankful if you would just leave a rating or a review um, on whatever podcast uh, platform you listen on. And I would be so um, just grateful to hear from you. I am thinking and praying about um, having a series on uh, grace, the topic of grace, in uh, starting that in, in a few weeks, maybe after the season um, of Easter and Pentecost. And so maybe if you uh, have time, send me an email, pneumaturgical uh, at gmail.com, it's the contact, and share your stories of experiencing God's grace um, so that we can all together, all together be built up into the resurrected community in this world. Blessings to each of you.